man you look comfy i am laid back you are laid right. back okay <laughs> that's probably so annoying for people's ears okay ready go megan Welcome back, Poison Pals, to another episode of That Shit is Poison with your host, Megan Gesner. And your other host, Harini Bot. <laughs> and we are so excited to have you listening today because we are recording on the eve of October 1st. Yes. <laughs> oh my and gosh. what does that mean? That means that October is going to be spooky dooky. <laughs> Spooky dookie is is the is antithesis the of something spooky. No, no. Spooky dookie is the word on the street. Spread it as far and wide across the land as you can. Honestly, um, when I said spooky dookie, I was like, haha, like a haunted poop. Oh my God. But Megan, it is true. It is October mm. or it will be October. No, it is October because when you guys are listening to this, I think it's going to be October sixth. Yeah. If my um, mind, unless my mind is failing me, but what we want to announce, Poison Pals, is for the month of October, because it's also going to be our one year anniversary coming up on October twenty sixth. I cannot believe it. It's been almost a year that we've wow. been doing this like yeah. nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> together yeah. this fun nonsense albeit so we wanted to just stray a little bit away from the poisons just for this month because we love halloween so much so we're going to do spooky mm-hmm. themed episodes just for october starting with today oh, yeah yes yeah. and yeah i can't i can't believe it's almost a year anniversary of that shit is poison it's one year old oh, baby. baby it's a little one we'll have yeah, first birthday, first birthday. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and for the first birthday, we'll have um, poison-themed drinks that will have real poison in them, and then we'll taste test and see <laughs> how well we know our own poisons. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Well, to kick off this episode, first, Megan, can you bring mm, to the pod yes. the Foundation series? Yes. All right, folks. So... There has been a rumbling <laughs> in the force, but not really. It's more like Harini and I are just now um, becoming in tune with what new shows are coming out. And it just so happens, um, for those of you who are Apple TV subscribers, a new series based on the Foundation novels by Isaac Asimov is coming to Apple TV. Um I think it's just called the foundation. foundation. Like, yeah, it's the actually foundation already out. series yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's already out. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be like the next big, um, I don't know, yeah, big show. <laughs> I I hate to say like the word Game yeah. of Thrones, but like you know, on that level, right? Like it's. I feel like that's going to be the one that gets everyone talking. That said. When I found out about the show, because I'm not an Apple TV subscriber, so I was a little bit late to the game, but I have recently been into yes. Lee Pace since he showed himself at the Met Gala 2021. Showed himself. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and it just, like, you know, once you once you start following one celebrity, they, like, mm-hmm. keep popping That's up on true. your Instagram feed or something. So I find out, oh, Lee Pace is in this show. Oh, it's the Foundation series. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Here's the connection to that. Yes, poison. We, <laughs> we did an episode on the Om Shinrikyo cult who based their whole philosophy off or was heavily inspired by the Foundation yes. series books. And so um, I'm actually very curious to watch the show because one, Lord knows Megan was not going <laughs> to yes, read those no, books because no, no. <laughs> Megan's uh-huh. not a reader. <laughs> Um, I shouldn't be too <laughs> proud of that, but uh, it is what it uh, is. Some of us are just not readers. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm That's not okay. a huge reader. I definitely love to watch TV. <laughs> so now I'm like stoked to borrow someone's password and login credentials to watch the show, the Foundation series, so that I can get an insider knowledge of why the Om Shinrikyo cult was so like 
yeah. enamored with Isaac Asimov's yeah. work. But that's that's all I wanted to update slash bring to the pod. It was just kind of cool to be like, oh, this is something that mm-hmm. I kind of know about through yeah, poison. Yeah. It's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I, yeah. That connection was pretty wild. Megan texted me. She was like, dude, foundation, Om Shinrikyo. And I was like, whoa, I totally forgot that that was the connection. And I never, yeah. I didn't even hear any whispers on the horizon that they were even going to produce this into a, a full TV show. But that's pretty cool. And to yeah. piggyback off what Megan was saying, another reason why we wanted to bring this up is because my brother Sid bot and my sister-in-law sweet the bot they just started their own podcast called milk drunk i'm assuming it's because they just had a baby so they're not drinking they're just getting milk drunk like their baby (laughs) (laughs) i just made that up i have no idea if that's why it's it's called that way but they are starting their own podcast series which is a deep dive into the tv shows that they love to watch and they're starting out with the Foundation series. So please go check that out anywhere right. that you like to listen to podcasts. All right. Yeah, Poison Pals. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yes, Poison Pals. If, if you are like me and you're going to start watching the Foundation series, also be like me and listen along to mm-hmm. Milk Drunk because I think that would be like a really good help just to get like my toe yes. in the water of understanding because I feel like it's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of sci-fi, maybe like Dune yes. level politics yes. sci-fi. And I feel like your brother and Swetha would be really good at helping oh, yeah. you understand they, that. They go through the whole analysis. <laughs> they do a deep, deep dive. And I know this for a fact. So Sid, don't tell me that I never do anything for you. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's enough of that. But I wanted to cut to the chase a little bit. Not going to the story just yet, but I did promise some friends of mine that I would go over what we know so far about the Gabby Petito case and just catch everyone up to speed. Since part of this uh, podcast is true crime, and since this is a pretty relevant Mm -hmm. case right now, I thought I would just do this. This is our first time talking about this case. This is the very first time. I just need to find it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, So... (laughs) Honestly, most of these have come from a variety of different news sources and news outlets. So um, honestly, they're kind of all saying the same thing. What I really want Mm. to understand is a timeline of events from when things Mm -hmm. first happened to today. So here we go. Well, I guess for those who don't know, the Gabby Petito case is about a woman who was road tripping with her fiance and she went missing for several weeks, actually. And then, unfortunately, she was found dead, I think, about two weeks ago Mm -hmm. now, trying to find her killer, which right now they're suspecting is her fiancé, because he is also missing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's kind of like the Mm -hmm. overview, but here's here's what's happened. So they are both from Northport, Florida. So they wanted to go on this cross-country road trip and while they go on this cross-country road trip they were basically going to go and hit all like the national parks across the united states gabby has quit her job prior to this trip her whole intention on this trip is to start a blog and blog the whole trip and take pictures and videos and this and that right Uh, so she's very much in contact Mm -hmm. with the outside world especially her family she pretty much texts them every single day if not multiple times a day giving them updates of where they're at and what they're seeing that day so on and so forth So they started their backpacking trip on August 12th. They hit Moab, Utah. In Moab, Utah, the police encounter the couple where they were having an altercation and it eventually became like a physical fight. Yet post-argument, both Gabby and Brian said that they are in love and engaged to be married and desperately don't want to see either of them charged for any crime or assault. So, Megan, I don't know how up to speed you are on this case, but I had seen the police footage like the police cam footage of this going around did you watch it at all Mm. i did not so i'm up to speed on everything but i never i did not ever watch the videos yeah so i watched it briefly it was a little bit bizarre it's pretty long like it's on youtube it's almost like Mm. an hour 20 minutes because it's just like his cam running the entire Mm. time of the interaction 
But essentially mm-hmm. what has happened is some guy who was just traveling in Moab, Utah as well, he is driving in his van and he comes across uh, Brian and Gabby and he basically sees Brian slap Gabby across. The- She's like crying and sort of hysterical. So he stops his car to mm. get off and help them or just be like, is everything okay? And as soon as they see him yeah. essentially stop his car, that's when Gabby and Brian like jump in their vehicle and drive away. Still mm. at that point, this uh, passerby, he calls 911 and reports this domestic disturbance. And that's how the police come into the picture. So when the police mm. are arriving, they're they're following Brian and Gabby for a while because Brian is not pulling over. Obviously, the police cars have their mm. lights up and their sirens indicating, like, please pull over. But he's just driving faster and faster. And eventually it gets to a point where... All of a sudden, the car just kind of takes a swerve and they hit the divider, not the divider, but they hit the sidewalk, essentially, and then the car stops. Mm. Mm. So then the police gets out and he comes to the passenger side of the vehicle and Gabby is like hysterically crying. I think that video or that image is circling across the news outlets of her like teary eyed and red. Mm -hmm. And they're both basically a little bit in hysterics. She definitely is. I guess they just had some sort of altercation. She keeps mentioning that she's OCD. She's definitely talking in circles. She's very like worked up. So they separate the two. And when Brian comes out of the vehicle, he has a bunch of scratches all over his body and his face Mm. from from Gabby, his fiance. And essentially what comes from this whole situation is the policemen determined that if there is any kind of domestic abuse happening or altercation gabby is the aggressor considering all of the scratches and this and that that is what mm. they conclude they're like either okay. way it's like nothing so aggressive that they are worried for the safety and well-being of one or the other they didn't think it was going to escalate mm. but they do decide it's better if they separate for the night and then they can come back mm-hmm. so that's what they do mm-hmm They both separate for the night. They make them both accommodations. And the reason for that is because they are literally traveling and sleeping and camping in their van and like their like sprinter van. So they need to be able to stay Mm -hmm. somewhere else. So they they uh, figure out accommodations for the two of them. After that, they're able Mm -hmm. to come together. And that's kind of where things get a little hazy because no one really knows what's going on after that. But the Mm -hmm. very last communication that the family gets from Gabby is on August 30th. But the family don't believe that the message has come from her. They think someone else has texted as her because all the text read Mm -hmm. is no service in Yosemite. And that's the very last text that they get from her. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Then TikTok comes into the story. So, yeah, (laughs) yes, of course, of course. In modern day, a woman has posted a series of videos on TikTok and this was all um, innocent. She also, with mm-hmm. her partner, they also want to do this whole road trip series. They're vlogging everything. And, and in their vlog, they literally pass by their sprinter van. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in the back of their footage. They think it's a little bizarre because it's basically just parked off the road at an angle. And it just looks like it's almost like abandoned. But they just mm-hmm. keep going. But they make a mental note of that. And they're like, oh, that was kind of weird. But they just keep driving, right? Right. And then after all this comes out, then they kind of put two and two together. They give the footage to the police. Okay. Another lady comes forward and she says that she was in the area at this time as well. And she had she and her boyfriend had given Brian a ride on August 29th in Wyoming. Brian said that he'd been camping by himself for a few days while Gabby was at the van working on her social media posts slash her blogging. Mm. Then it's September 1st. Brian returns to Florida in the same mm-hmm. van that him and Gabby were sharing together. Sans Gabby, of course. Mm. So this is kind of where we're at now. So he comes home without Gabby. Obviously, like Gabby's family is like, what the hell? Like, where is she? And they haven't mm-hmm. heard from her for about like, because that was August 30th was the last text. Now it's September 1st. So it's been mm-hmm. about a week and a half at the most. So they're at home. Brian's at home. He doesn't say much. Uh, Gabby's family reaches out to Brian's family, but they refuse to cooperate with Gabby's family, which is really bizarre mm-hmm. to begin with. So the police gets involved. And then I think it's about like September September 17th that Brian's family eventually is like, hey, uh, we'll work with you to the police. So the police come mm-hmm. over and that's when Brian's parents basically tell the police, by the way, Brian has been missing since September 14th. Wow. He yeah. had taken his 
backpack and some provisions and he said he was going to go to the nearby reserve and he just never came back Mm -hmm. and he is still missing they the fbi are now involved of course and they are trying to find him is proving to be very difficult but in the interim of all of that they did find uh gabby's remains in i believe Mm -hmm. it was teton wyoming yeah teton county 919 Mm -hmm. september september 19th human remains were found in teton county wyoming and they were Mm -hmm. consistent with the description of petito uh, later confirmed, yes, it was her body. Hmm. And her body was found maybe four yards away from that abandoned van hmm. that was in that okay. TikTok video. So that's wow. where her location was of the body. We're just assuming that, I mean, this is all legend, but I'm assuming Brian hmm. maybe disposed of the body and then took that camper van and drove it all the way back to Florida. Uh, okay, so so when they found her body, the van's gone. Like it's yes. gone with him. Correct. Okay. Okay. Correct. But going back to the TikTok video where they show the where they see the van in the background, that's the same location that her body's found in. Yes. About like wow. four four yards, or maybe even a little bit more than that, but very close by to that abandoned. That's really eerie. Van. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. mean, it wasn't abandoned. I'm sure he was like somewhere else, and then he just came yeah. back to the van. But yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit eerie that they're able to like be there at the right time right place sort of thing and capture that on video um but according to some of brian's friends the close friends that know him well they have said that it's gonna take the fbi a long time to find him because brian's somewhat of a mountain man he has Mm. he has camped and just lived out in the wilds on his own for about a month and survived Mm -hmm. like that's just kind of something he likes to do uh, as a hobby so I kind of think of this as if you guys have seen the Unabomber se- series that that guy was living, I think, in the woods for mm. like three months or something like that, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So he's gone like he's somewhere in the Florida swamps, just like living. He right before he left, they obviously checked his credit card statements after the fact. So mm-hmm. right before he left on this reserve trip, uh, he bought a thousand dollars worth of items. Um, mm. So he must have just stocked up and left. So yeah. they're still pursuing him at the moment. He's obviously the most suspicious suspect on their list right now. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. So it's it seems like the the likelihood or all fingers are kind of pointing towards the boyfriend like it because I know that yeah. when this case was developing, there were many different theories about maybe they were in cahoots together about yeah, something or totally. what have you. I wasn't really following that much, but this yeah. is what I heard from friends. Um, And some of my friends were like, oh, no, I don't think it was the boyfriend. I think she's, you know, she's hiding somewhere, too, and all that. But now that her body has been found, yeah. like it's it's sounding like people are pretty certain when I say people I'm talking about the, like police yes. fbi yes seem certain okay yeah uh, that makes me think about like because i did read an article how the police who were in florida or the fbi that's in florida were like talking about it's going to be really hard if he went into like that nature reserve yeah. it's so hard to find somebody but it makes me think like i wonder how many cases there are in the history of the united states Mm -hmm. where people really just went into the wilderness and were never found because part of me part of me thinks like i feel like someone always turns up like they always end up turning up but then i also you know having recently camped in like sequoia national forest and all all that i'm like there are some secluded ass places out there and like Either one, it's just going to take a long time to find him. Or, like, I forget how much of untouched expanse there is in I the know. U.S., mm-hmm. especially when you're constantly living in, I don't know, an area that's super populated. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's just all to say, like, I wonder how what the success rate is to really disappear into the forest and no one ever find you, I, even if you've yeah. committed, committed a crime or not, you know? I think it's pretty I'd high, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's why my heart sank a little bit to hear that, one, he's pretty good at surviving out in the wild on his own. Like, to me, mm-hmm. it seems like he's in a little bit of his element, like he's prepping mm-hmm. or prepared for this. But I agree with you, Megan. I originally thought that maybe they were in this together before, obviously, her remains were found. I'm like, oh, like mm-hmm. they're probably both hiding out or I don't know what the situation was. Mm-hmm. But I thought definitely they were in it together until this information came out. But like, so like I still go back to the Unabomber story. 
and if you guys haven't seen that Netflix series, definitely watch it. So good. Mm-hmm. But they had so many people searching for this one guy. Like they mm-hmm. had all like all their forces in the FBI and then they had all the local police and then some and they were very organized going step by step like through mm-hmm. the forest for months. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. still couldn't find him. I forget exactly now like, how they did come across him, but it sometimes it's a little bit of dumb luck, like you said. Like he, he just kind of like stumbles across somebody, and they yeah, recognize exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you just gotta hope he doesn't kill you because that's what happened to Unabomber. He would just kill the people that he came across, and then just kept yeah. going. So Jeez. it's a little bit scary, but hopefully, yeah. you know, it just gets. Solved. That's what I was thinking. Like, like. uh when I went camping, you know, we passed by the people who were who had been out there mm-hmm. doing their 16 day trek, like wow. hike, you know, just by foot, just wow. going along the the mountain um, trail. And we'd be like, oh, what day is this for you? And they're like, this is day 10 of wow. 16. I'm like, geez, Louise. But it's like, I'm like, yeah, like those people are out there, too. And I, I'm curious to know, like, how many of these people end up passing other people who are intentionally trying to stay off the grid you know totally totally i don't know so we'll keep you guys posted poison pals but i literally just looked before we start recording and there it's just the same thing fbi is still searching Mm. nothing has turned up yet gotcha very interesting all right now on to the story (laughs) oh my god i know (laughs) i know okay this was a (laughs) two-part this was definitely a two-parter uh but hey now we're going to spooky season so it's spooky season i'm ready i didn't mean to say oh my god like uh like it was just like damn the the gavitino case is a hot topic and it totally is took took some time all right so let's get into the story of this episode spooky season i'm gonna take y'all back actually i'm not gonna take y'all back i'm gonna take you across time and this is actually gonna be a collection of store stories but it's all about (laughs) one topic that i find very interesting personally (laughs) and maybe that says more about myself than than i want to uh, admit but okay i'm not gonna tell you exactly what it is just yet but my sources is just very simple there's only four of them atlas obscura mm. smithsonian wiki and then ranker ranker's a good okay. site i, I highly recommend <laughs> so what if your last breath was only an illusion what <laughs> i'm cracking myself up i'm trying to be like <laughs> serious I'm, like silently laughing <laughs> but i'm so ready okay what if your family the doctor your friends the coroner all thought it was your last breath so they put you in a coffin and they bury you alive dude that stuff's that's horrifying this is probably the scariest thing i can think of on earth for me i'm just Mm. so claustrophobic and this topic freaks Mm. me the hell out so Mm -hmm. yes okay continue on you would scratch and scream until you couldn't do it anymore and no one absolutely no one would hear you that mm. sinking feeling, that suffocation of the world closing in on you with darkness has a name. It's called taphophobia. Mm. The overwhelming fear of being buried alive. I'm going to be talking about this episode all about being buried alive. Mm. Megan's like, fuck. <laughs> Here we uh, go. <laughs> okay. Uh, stay with me, Poison Pals. So I always thought personally that this sounded ridiculous. Like, how the hell could you ever be buried alive like how does it get to that point where you're actually Mm. buried alive but according to a book written by christine quigley titled the corpse a history quote in the early 1900s a case of premature burial was discovered an average of once a week Mm. which is just so terrifying so what it really comes down to is the science behind preventing live burials or even better how to make sure that a dead body is really dead are you going to talk about the bells? Yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like of course. Okay. okay. <laughs> so let's start back to ancient times, specifically ancient Rome. The Romans sort of had it right, I would say. They would wait eight days until they buried the body, which according mm. to them was ample enough time to snap back awake if that was to happen. Mm. I think that's debatable, but you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Like... Because back in those days, like, 
it's like eight days is definitely enough time for the body to start like smelling if they really yeah, are dead. Mm-hmm. But if they don't smell at all, it's like, uh, do we just keep waiting? <laughs> and I don't know I if don't they know. embalm bodies back in the day, because if they did that, then it would not smell, I think. But I'm not sure. Ooh. Okay, not to not to take away, but yeah. like remember like back in those times all their um chalices were made from like lead or something or, oh, or yeah. not lead yeah i think lead but whenever they would drink it, it was either like the chalice or even in the wine mm-hmm. it had some sort of toxin in mm-hmm. it back in the day and it would like preserve their bodies i think what it was if... lead or arsenic is either no i think it was lead i think it was lead yeah um does lead oh, man i already forget i have to look into what, like what? does lead preserve bodies i know it stays in the body for a while i don't know if it preserves but i know it's in the body for a long time okay all right i'll do my research again i you know i got a gerbil brain <laughs> anyways <laughs> continue this is your turn to just sit back and relax and listen you don't oh, have to i do am any... back and relax <laughs> boys and pals you too you sit back and relax too okay <laughs> in the 17th century england a woman named alice blendon was buried alive Apparently, she was knocked the fuck out after having a large <laughs> amount of poppy tea, aka opium. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- don't go to those opium dens, kids. So, so much so that when a doctor held up a mirror to her nose and mouth, the mirror did fog. Which I don't understand how that happens, even on opium, unless she took a shit ton, which it seems like she did. So, so her breathing level was so low, yeah. so slow mm-hmm. that, like, it didn't fog up damn. anything. So she was pronounced dead. God damn. So just for the record, boys and pals, poppy seeds contain opium, which mm-hmm. when distilled down to their chemical forms contain morphine and codeine, mm-hmm. which are opioids and also depressants, more importantly, depressants on your respiratory system, which is why if you drink so mm-hmm. much of that, that's probably why she didn't have any fog on the, the mirror. I have a fun anecdote. Yes, please. An- anecdote mm-hmm. about opium. So when we... When I was still fencing in college, one of my teammates, actually, it's Edward, so you, oh, yeah, you know yeah. Edward, but like he told me once his mother is Ukrainian mm-hmm. and out there they love poppy seed bread. Mm-hmm. But he was like, now that I'm a college athlete, I literally cannot eat her homemade poppy seed bread because there's so much poppy mm-hmm. seed in it. It would test positive. No. For opium. No, tr- it's true. <laughs> it's freaking yeah. true. That's true. It's crazy. That's why they ask you, like, sometimes if you do, like, if you were to test positive, they will ask you, like, have you had, like, anything with poppy seeds in it lately? And yeah. you're like, yeah. yeah. Then they're like, okay. Then they'll clear you. <laughs> but still. Yeah, you just bring out your bag of poppy <laughs> seeds. Yeah. I just yes. eat poppy seeds all day. <laughs> Anyways. But I thought that was so interesting. I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. Anyways. Continue. I have another story as well. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because um, we use poppy seeds a lot in Indian cooking. And mm. it's used a lot in desserts, like Indian sweets. Um, and I remember once we were at uh, Swetha's parents' house, like post-baby, we're all there. Everyone was mm-hmm. kind of tired and bleary-eyed and this and that. So uh, Swetha's mom made all of us a drink. And she didn't tell us what was in it. She was just like, mm. she would be like, do you like it? And just like sit right next to us like, are you feeling good oh my god <laughs> and we're like what the hell is in this and she's like oh it's poppy seeds. like after we finished it she's like oh it's poppy yeah. seeds she's like you guys should probably drive home right now <laughs> like otherwise before you're gonna it get it before it hits and so we wow. did and we did sleep pretty well that night yeah so huh i've never had poppy seed tea i'm so curious now. yeah it was like it was almost like a pudding like a like kind Ooh. of like a rice pudding but with poppy seeds Oh, it was really good. good. <laughs> it was really good. Now, now I'm just thinking about Costco's poppy seed muffins. They're so good. I love myself a poppy seed muffin. Okay. Yeah. Same. Okay. Okay. All right. Continuing. Sorry. <laughs> Moving forward. Sorry, Alice Blunt, <laughs> for your troubles. Okay. So her family makes all the arrangements to bury her, but two days after, she's put six feet into the ground, mm. and then some children playing near her grave hear some noises. <sighs> Their schoolmaster goes to check the gravesite for himself and finds that Blunden was, in fact, still alive. But, mm. unfortunately, it took an entire day just to exhume her. So, oh. I know. So, by the time they did exhume her, she was so close to death that she was returned to her grave. <laughs> They're like, all this work for nothing. <laughs> but this time a guard stands by i don't understand this part so a guard stands by before he eventually deserts his post like i don't understand if he's standing by just to make sure she's still dead or 
Oh, turns that, back alive, I think, is what I'm thinking. That seems that seems right. But in my head, I'm like, why don't they just keep her unburied? Like, did they just keep her unburied? That's what or I thought. Or did they, like, they put the ba- dirt back they over her? They buried her all the way, and then they put the guard. I'm like, that is backwards no, thinking, yeah, guys. Just, just, just keep her out. Just keep her out. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt. Anyways, it doesn't <sighs> matter, because this guard deserts his post after a few hours. So Okay. <laughs> the next morning, she was found dead, but only after struggling to free herself once more. Jeez, Lou. So she what? was freaking alive again. Uh, okay. My worst fear. My worst fear. That is horrible. Um, That's why I'm just going to be I'm laughing it. because it's so ludicrously horrible. I cannot believe. Uh, I can't imagine that terror, too. It's, oh, it'd be really about want, it. Oh. I don't want to think about it. But I'm clearly okay. doing a whole story about it. Okay. So. Yeah. Wow. It's it's too much. It's too much sometimes, guys. Okay. Scarily enough, these buried alive stories are not from tales of old only. Mm. In 2011. No. I know. It's 20 freaking 11. Just 10 years ago, guys. In God Russia, a woman collapsed in her home due to a heart attack, and she was soon declared dead. A few days later, as she was lying in her open casket at her own funeral, she sits up in her casket and is looking at her own funeral going like what the fuck like she's obviously Mm. freaked out she gets sent back to the hospital she lives for 12 minutes more in the icu before she actually dies again of heart failure huh which i think is so weird i think that was just like um i don't know why like i i have heard of stuff like that happening where people are pronounced dead like they're genuinely like anatomically like dead yeah like there's no heartbeat no pulse no nothing but then they just spring back awake just for a little bit longer yeah. and then they go die again like i don't know how to say that that's but yeah. such an no no that's an interesting phenomenon and yeah i think this is where like mythologies and or theories or could be it very well be real come come about about like um you know like your not your dying breath but the concept of like having your last breath before the official yeah passing yeah that's so interesting interesting i don't know what that Hmm. is but yeah now we're moving in further into the future by a few years okay then in 2014 2014 we're megan and i we're in college by now so we're old enough to understand these matters walter Mm -hmm. williams from mississippi he is pronounced dead on february 26 2014 cnn actually reports on this Mm. The paperwork was all correct from the hospital. The body was put in the body bag and he was even taken to the funeral home. But when his body was sent to the embalming room, his legs began to move. Then he began to breathe lightly. He was clearly alive. Again, it was only temporary as Williams passed away two weeks later. Okay. So in the time that he (laughs) reanimated. Yes. Was he conscious or was he just like, they were just like, we're just going to, he was in bed, like asleep the whole time and then died. That's a good question. And I don't know the answer to that, but this was bothering me. Like, like this clearly, yeah. like for it to happen once, I'm like, okay, it's a one off, but this happened t- like twice is enough for me for it to be like a pattern yeah. in my eyes for yeah. something so specifically like this. So yeah. I looked it up and did a little digging. So this uh-huh. can happen sometimes. And okay. it's a, did, did you want to say something? No, no, no. I'm listening. Okay. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> it's a unique disorder that is called catalepsy. And it's huh. where your eyes go in a trance-like state slash unresponsive. And your body goes rigid absolutely like you're dead. It, you look dead. You appear dead. Huh. For all intents and purposes, you are dead. Catalepsy can happen as a symptom of Parkinson's disease, of course, epilepsy, sometimes even schizophrenia. It's also known mm. to happen as part of the withdrawal process from cocaine. Mm. So there's certain situations where it can happen. I don't know, obviously, these two people's history or medical history to know for sure if they had something in those that fits into those categories. But it can happen uh, according mm. to this phenomenon. But the it, so far, okay, with the exception of the first lady who was trying to crawl out of her grave twice, mm-hmm. the other two had this phenomenon happen but then they did still pass so Correct. like is that typical of this phenomenon so like i understand mm. the whole aspect of it like we pronounce them dead sure. that's the catalepsy mm-hmm. or whatever it's called 
and then they revive mm-hmm. but then they are actually died <laughs> like die. no, I know like i don't know saying. what i'm asking no, no, but you're saying, um, like, is it common is it this is the pattern consistent with they look like they're it, dead and then they reanimate and then they die is it typical yeah. post cat catalysm what not catalysm sorry cata what is catalepsy it catalepsy is it yeah. typical post catalepsy for people to actually die i don't know do you know i don't okay. know and i think in my mind for something as rare as catalepsy to even happen to your body my thought mm-hmm. is like your body has undergone some sort of significant trauma that maybe you're unaware of like maybe you went through a heart attack or maybe you like you had some sudden onset of seizures or something like happened to your body where you were close mm-hmm. to death somehow yeah and that was yeah. just like a final event yeah i yeah i wonder if if you have a cataleptic episode that's a a te- warning of like you will die in that's the next week or something i kind of think the yeah. same way so i don't know i i don't know for okay. sure but that's the science behind that got it so those are some instances of people being buried alive but now i'm gonna kind of transition i'm gonna still talk about some other cases but I'm going to intersperse it with some methods. So there are so many methods on how to prevent a premature burial. So I'm going to talk Mm. about that. Yes. Most of these scientific contraptions to prevent these burials happened in the good old Victorian era, starting with Hannah Beswick. So Hannah was an 18th century English woman. She left her entire estate to her doctor, super nice, Charles Mm -hmm. White, with one caveat. Her body could never be buried. Smart girl. Mm. Mm -hmm. Instead, Mm -hmm. White wanted her doctor to check on her corpse every day until until he was a thousand percent sure that she was dead. Mm. Eventually, Dr. White ended up embalming her body. And this was like months after she was Mm -hmm. dead, which preserves the body, of course. So for a while, Dr. White kept her mummified remains in his office with other anatomical specimens. And every day for a good number of years, he and his colleagues would check on the corpse of Miss Beswick to make sure she was still dead. Hmm. Dr. White later moved her body into an old clock, which I imagine is like he moved her body into like an old grandfather clock. Yeah, that must be it. She must be a petite woman or that is a massive grandfather clock. I haven't seen enough grandfather clocks in my day to know how big they can get. That's true. But I feel like the ones that I'm familiar with are like the size of like a standing mirror. Mm -hmm. Not that big. Yeah. But anyway, she's a Victorian woman. I feel like she's slim. She probably didn't have much to eat. She's probably slim and small and short. Yeah. 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 Uh, so So he puts her in this old grandfather clock. And once a year, Dr. White would open up the clock to see how his favorite patient was doing. <laughs> Man, that is like an Edgar Allan Poe story. Like, you have to have some or kind of dudes. sense of humor to be able to do shit like that. Like, otherwise, that's too creepy for me. Sense of humor or he's just kind of weird. <laughs> that too. I mean, his patient was also kind of weird. So that's true. So they're matchmate in honoring each other. Heaven, yes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Next, let's travel to the United States. Good old United States, okay. where a patent for an invention was issued in 1868, which you know, of course, these originally U.S. because we don't do anything not for money. So mm-hmm. this patent <laughs> was for a security coffin. It came with the whole gamut of items one might need in a premature burial. The design came with a rope, ladder, and a bell. Oh wow! If you the ladder <laughs> surprises me. Yes, let me they tell you. They bury the... the ladder with them. Yeah, yeah let yeah, me tell, tell me. you all the components of said contraption. Okay, okay. If you are buried alive and you wake up, no problem. Just ring the bell that is hopefully still attached to the rope you are holding in your corpsey oh hand. God. No one is around to hear the bell. No problem. Try the ladder, which would allow you to rise from the dead. So you'd be buried underground, but there's like. Is there like a ladder and a shaft? I, I believe so. That's the idea. To, so there's like a little passage <laughs> that you could crawl up. Yes. Okay. There's a little pass. I don't oh understand God. how that works. Six feet under, like six feet of dirt. But um, he got a pad <sighs> for it. So I'm assuming it's going to work wow. somehow. Anyways. Okay. On the East Coast, there was a man called Timothy Clark Smith. He's a Vermont man who, like our Hannah Beswick, was halfophobic, so he decided to mm. rely on his good friends to make sure he didn't get buried prematurely. Smith mm. asked to have a window installed on his grave. 
a window that would be six feet above him and centered on his face. So they dug in a way that a hole is preserved. Correct. You can see him looking up. <laughs> I'd, I'm like, at that point, just leave the coffin outside. Yeah. Like, like God damn. Why even be put under, like, he, I, you know what it is? It's He was trying to be sensible about his request. Yeah. But it just made it way more hard. It's like nonsensible. way he, more work for he, everybody else. Yeah, he, exactly. He, like, wanted it to be like, no, no, like, you can bury me. Because it's, it's probably not the case that I'll reanimate just in case I know. <laughs> just in case. put this a window <laughs> yeah and, well here's the whole idea about the window the reason for the window uh, if was about to catch on it's because if he was alive or buried alive then he would fog mm-hmm. up the window with his breath ah uh, i see yes i mean obviously up until that point then a very um unfortunate soul could pass by and then peer down and see this face staring up at them but the whole point is that if he was alive it would fog up the window but um unfortunately for smith the glass is clouded with age and you can't see him at all but the idea is that if he were buried alive then it would fog his breath and hopefully a passerby would see him and ring the alarm yeah luckily smith died a normal death and didn't need to rely on anybody (laughs) Oh, good. Because I'm guarantee. Like, if Megan, if you asked me to do that for you, I would not do that. <laughs> you would just be like, just leave her body out. I'm like, dude, just leave it out. Leave it just out. Leave it on the ground. Leave her out to dry. <laughs> One issue about coffins, if you were buried alive, is they are damn heavy. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to rely on outside help, like myself, then you want to be able to escape on your own. So John Jacob Tulin has got you covered. Mm. In 1907, he develops a patent for coffins with an easy open lid for the tired and newly risen dead. So they wouldn't Mm. have to struggle to freedom. (laughs) I don't know how well this got on, but that was another patent that came out of the U.S. But like, I'm assuming these are still buried, right? Like this coffin is still buried. buried. They're all so no matter how much like (laughs) you can lift the lid, you're you're pushing against dirt, like a lot of dirt. I don't understand unless you have like a pull. No, that doesn't even make sense. None of this makes sense. I'm telling you, they don't understand. Like they're they tried their best. They tried their best. Like if they really wanted to go through with this, they should have done an experiment where they actually were buried six feet underground and then tried to get out with help around them. Yeah, but they didn't do that. But in 1887. A Gail Bettis design came mm. with an air pipe for emergency airway access, but it didn't okay. stop there. The air pipe would only open if there was movement inside the coffin. Hmm. It also had okay. an electric alarm, which would emit a loud hmm. sound when the air pipe was engaged. So this sounds I feel like really it's a little more reasonable. This sounds reasonable. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Megan. On first look, this sounds very reasonable. But here's what happens. And this is this rain? was very um well m- no not rain but that's a good okay. guess. The reason why this is tricky and maybe not the best idea. So the air pipe is engaged when there's any movement inside the coffin. There is mm. a point in time where not necessarily this type of device was engaged like an air pipe but the bell system which Me- Megan was referring to mm. at the beginning of the episode. So lots of bells were attached to all the way 6 feet under to the coffin and same idea same concept if there's any movement inside the coffin the bell would ring right mm-hmm. similar here the alarm would ring imagine this and this is just science in anatomy when you're mm-hmm. dead if you're truly dead after a certain point your body will decay because mm-hmm. there's nothing else to keep you alive and once that mm-hmm. happens your body kind of starts to bloat because of all oh, the yeah. gases you and then eventually, yeah. eventually that gas will be released and that all causes mm-hmm. movement. So kid mm-hmm. you not, that poor soul who's walking through the graveyard and all these bells just start ringing at fucking once. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. What, what's, that, what's that saying that came from this? Like there's a dead f- ringer. famous... Is that what it is? No, there's, yeah. it's dead ringer and there's something else. There's another phrase. Yeah. But it's b- because of this, um, not phenomenon, but like, because dead bodies were bloating and then ringing bells like it's one of those fun facts that i love Uh, but anyway keep going i'm gonna look it up up. there's a there's definitely a say i know exactly what you're talking about Mm -hmm. i can't remember right now then came straight torture they resorted to putting one hand to a flame to see if the person would awake then it went from like benign nipple pinching to hot pokers up the (laughs) ass oh my god hopefully one of those would awake you 
it's saved by the bell saved by the bell duh duh, duh. duh, duh, duh okay duh. i love it. poison pals if you were screaming that at your at your car radio or your phone or headphone or whatever i'm sorry we didn't hear you on time well, that's gonna be the episode <laughs> title so there we go oh i love it yeah, yeah, okay yeah so they were getting poked up the bum to see if they were to see if they were still alive. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. hopefully they feel like react. there are so many other things you can do to check if there, there's alive. literally so many other things you can do. But it reminds me of two different things. So, did you ever watch Westworld, Megan? I've watched season one. Okay, I think it actually is in season one. So basically, for people who don't know, Westworld is it's set way way in the future but the whole thing is like they have like this fantasy land that they can like tap into like an ar or vr reality that is set mm-hmm. in the wild wild west anyways so in okay. this wild west scenario there is this old graveyard and in the graveyard if you'll notice in the series all the graves have a bell attached to them hmm. so kind of being with the times that was very consistent in terms of accuracy of history but mm-hmm. um, also going back to another show that I've mentioned on the pod, Outlander, which is also a similar thing, Scottish Highlands, 18th century stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there were people who obviously would die back in the day, but sometimes they don't know if they're dead. A lot of people were sick, like they would get these diseases and sometimes they would just be in a coma, but you can't tell if they're actually dead or not. So mm-hmm. in order to figure out if they are actually dead, and if you're on the water, you want to bury them somehow. So you, you wrap them in an old mm-hmm. sheet and in order to tie it up, you had to tie it with some sort of pin. So they would put the final pin through the person's nose. Oh, I knew about yes? this. Okay. okay, never mind. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put the- Sorry, I, it was like it registered very late. No, no, me. you're good. So yeah, they would <laughs> yeah. put the final pin through the nose and mm-hmm. eventually or hopefully that would wake them up if they were actually not dead. Yeah. So. What show was that in that I recently saw? It wasn't, that it wasn't that. Outlander. I think it was There Will Be Blood. Mm, okay. That they do that. Do they do that in that movie? So it was a movie that had like historical accuracy, but it was so that I thought someone told me either like it was so that they would wake up or I also thought they were sewing the nose so that if they did wake up, they just like <gasps> would stand ground and die oh and not God. breathe. You know what I mean? Like, That's horrible. like you're already under there. Yeah. We're just going to sew your nose shut. So oh yeah, Dude, I, would I don't know that if that's out. true. <laughs> I'm like, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. Going back real quick. Oh, I freaking hate this. Wikipedia. It did say that Saved by the Bell possibly comes from this, um, you know, the safety coftins. Coffins. Coftins. But it does, it does say, again, reading this from Wikipedia, the Saved by the Bell expression is actually well established to have come from boxing, yeah. where a boxer who is still on their feet, blah, 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 That's can true. be knocked down and Saved by the Bell. Yep. But as a whole, people think Saved by the Bell, Dead Ringer, and Graveyard Shift are connected to these safety coffins. Absolutely. History. Absolutely. Because I think Graveyard Shift refers to, like, literally, like, patrolling the graveyard to to hear if anyone is actually alive. Right. Which is, I don't, like, you couldn't pay me enough. That is above my pay grade. Okay. <laughs> now we're moving on to a story. In the case okay. of Angela Hayes... None of the above, none of these methods would would have been helpful. Mm -hmm. In 1937, 19-year-old Angela Hayes from France went for a ride on his motorcycle. Poor guy ends up crashing it, slams his head head first into a brick wall. When ambulances arrive, Hayes' head was pretty much smushed and he had no pulse. He looked so bad that his parents were stopped from seeing him. Mm-hmm. So Angela Hayes was declared dead and buried three days later. However, mm-hmm. the hero of the story is none other than an insurance company. And this is the first and last time that ever was the case. <laughs> but we love you, Safe Farm. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, the insurance company was like, you know, we, <laughs> we ain't paying for this massive medical bill. So they do some more investigating by way of exhuming Angela's body two days after the funeral. When they do, mm-hmm. prize to find that his body is still quite warm. Apparently, mm-hmm. after the accident, his body put itself into a deep coma, which allowed his body to require very little oxygen to upkeep his system. Hayes went on to receive the proper medical care and made a full recovery. Hayes goes on to invent a coffin, Oh my Which God. he toured with across France. <laughs> Get this. This coffin contains 
a small oven, a fridge, and a hi-fi cassette player. Oh my god. That just sounds like a very, very quaint um, studio apartment. What is it called? Yeah, I know. I was like an SRO or something. Uh, single, what is it called? Single room occupancy. Mm, yeah, They're yeah. like smaller than studios. Okay. I just want to go back to the whole idea of how his body essentially went into hibernation for him. Like our bodies are yeah. so smart. Like they know, yeah. like they know exactly when to conserve our energy and they understand, they understand way more than our conscious brain does when we are mm. in a desperate and dire situation. It's almost like our body has their own triage center in our brain mm-hmm. and in our nervous system where they understand, okay, if we're in the worst case scenario, here's all the bodily functions that we can shut off that we don't need mm-hmm. to put, expend energy towards so that we can survive yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. Our body just fucking does that for us. No questions asked. Yeah. It's amazing. You don't you don't think at all that like for our bodies to be capable of that, you do have to have a certain sort of like mentality or mindset? No. Like what are your thoughts on I, that? I don't. No? Like, I, you think it's just automatic like survival instinct? It's just, it's just automatic. It is just automatic drive. To answer what you're saying, I do think that there are some people who can induce that state even when they're not in a mm-hmm. state of emergency. And gotcha. that requires yeah. more like training and willpower and discipline that I do not possess. But yeah, yeah, I always practice it. What <laughs> when I'm when I'm at at the doctors or giving blood? Yeah. Oh, yes. when they test your heart rate and like your your um, yeah, they're just testing like your pulse. Mm-hmm. But that's when I practice those like mechanics. Yes. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna calm my breathing and see if my pulse can go down yeah no totally (laughs) and but i mean in this case clearly he's just like a 19 year old kid like he how could he have known like he just he hit his head and then he went straight into a coma so you know he could not have prepared his body mentally for anything like that so it's true 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 as part of our mind power i love it yeah okay wild okay this is the last story so in 1889 a woman named octavia smith marries a wealthy Kentucky man named James Hatcher. The newlyweds had a beautiful baby boy named Jacob. However, infant mortality was so high back in the late 1800s, so Jacob died in infancy. Hmm. Their son's death put Octavia into a depression to the point where she was bedridden for months. It was around this time that she also showed signs of a strange illness. Eventually, her body went to a coma-like status, and she was pronounced dead after just four months. Octavia died in May, and it was a pretty hot May that year, so Octavia was buried pretty fast. However, a few days later, more people in the town began to slip into a similar coma-like sleep with shallow breathing, Hmm. but they would awake a few days later. So they find Hmm. out after all this hubbub was being caused by the bite of a tsetse fly. Ah, uh, that I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which sleeping ca- sickness? Yes, which causes sleeping sickness. <laughs> a story for another time in a different mm-hmm. episode. After this, James reasonably was panicked that he may have just buried his wife alive, mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. has Octavia exhumed immediately. But unfortunately, it was too late. Mm. This part could be triggering octavia's coffin was airtight and when they opened the coffin they found the coffin lining was completely shredded and Mm. octavia's fingernails were bloody Mm. and her face was frozen in a shriek of terror so poor james has to rebury his wife Mm. (laughs) i i did not mean to end on such a bad and sad note (laughs) no no i mean like hey this is like partially true crime just partially it's spooky season so we kind of want to end on the rough stuff but that is truly horrifying and truly sad for him like i cannot Uh, even fathom i almost like if i could go if i had the power to take that memory out of that person's head like you know knowing that you can't undo it yep and knowing that you were the the ultimate cause of your wife's death like oh dude. dude it's so traumatizing dude like what do you do like I don't know what I would do if I knew I buried anybody alive. I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> like that, that would still with me forever. Just like, um, you know, constant therapy, to be honest. But I don't <laughs> think you could therapy. heal. Like, I, I know that sounds funny, but it's true. Like, I don't think you, I think it would be really hard to heal 
but if you could just go to therapy and like just just to stay normal you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah therapy is great like, for that. Ugh, dude work out your shit don't don't repress that yeah oh okay well there's a couple of thoughts that came to my head okay. one of the thoughts yeah, when you're talking about the guy with the window over his coffin <laughs> yes it made me think of that that silly scary story that all like elementary school students tell each other but it's like just a bad pun it's what? just a sc- scary story that wraps up in a bad pun it's the one about like all these um you know distant cousins or whatever get sent a message that their uncle has passed or something so they go to the house in the middle of nowhere and it's snowy and the uncle is in his coffin but like it's a glass coffin so you can see his face sort of thing and i'm just gonna cut to the chase but it's a bad pun for like all of them are getting murdered by like the (gasps) uncle who's dead but like in the coffin but one there's one lone survivor and when she's right at the moment where she's like hiding behind the curtain and the uncle's gonna come out and chop her out chopper (laughs) chopper and whenever students told this as a child i just pictured him bouncing around in his coffin like (laughs) with the coffin upright just like bouncing down the stairs like some sort of like magical entity yeah Yeah, like like the coffin is officially part of him um but it's where like so she like she's just about to be murdered and then she takes a cough drop and she puts it in her mouth and the cough drop stuff the coffin oh my god <laughs> wait okay first of all i've never heard of the story in my life what, what kind of sick story are kids telling each other dude it was all the rage i feel like it was like before reddit ever existed this was like the og creepypasta, creepypasta. that little kids would just pass around to each other what wait why so that's one all these kids okay i'm now i'm curious like my I guess what you're saying, I have to decipher this. So he's okay. laying down in his coffin with the, the sliding glass door. And then he would slide the glass door and then like sit up and then chop them. Is that the idea? It's it's never clear. The, the, it's supposed to be like the spooky aspect is that they all come to his house to like figure out the will. But it turns out he's like a benevolent uncle. Uh, not benevolent. So that's the opposite. Malevolent uncle. <laughs> malevolent spirit or something who ends up just murdering them all and there's no like explanation there's no rhyme or reason it's just a setup for a bad pot you want to know why yeah. there is no rhyme or reason i'm sure there was but it's because kids are telling this to each other there's this is true jump there's they're just jumping around i guarantee you there's a much more professionally said or version of this with like much better detail so when you set it up, it's like even better. It's like actually a good story. Um, well, when you said that it's a tale, a spooky tale that kids tell each other all the time, my mind originally went to the lady. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no. Uh, it originally went to um, the lady that has like the scarf around her neck and that she keeps it from falling off. <sighs> That I mean, is such a good story. Off. That's a good yes. story, right? Such a good story. And it was in those, um, they made they made these into stories, a movie now. Stories that you tell in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Love those books. I love the drawings all the, the time. The drawings so good. are the creepiest mm-hmm. things I've ever witnessed. Yes. They're just scratchings. They're just black scratchings. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's the one though. with the lady with the ribbon around her neck, yeah. that was always my favorite. Because it's actually like romantic and like really sad and it wasn't spooky per se it was just yeah. like sad oh, that yeah. she could never have love because she was a headless woman <laughs> yeah that's that's just unfortunate what was the other thing that i thought of oh oh i fact checked myself but i um back when i said the whole sewing through the nose and the lip mm, situation yeah. i said i thought I, I think i saw that in there will be blood i did not okay i saw it in the movie master and commander which is a uh, nautical yes. film featuring yes, russell crowe mm-hmm. and uh, the fine fool who plays vision in <laughs> wanda and vision i forget his oh, name I don't, I don't know poison palace if you're screaming it at me i can't hear you <laughs> and, but yeah there's a scene there where the the <laughs> vision the guy who plays vision he's the doctor on the ship he's the doctor on the ship and they show that and then one of his disciples like medical disciples or whatever on the boat is like why are you doing that sir (laughs) and he's like well to make sure that they're properly dead you know going through the nose will wake them up yeah and then they just throw them in the ocean (laughs) 
Yeah, they just dump them. And yeah. I think that might be like a sea tactic. Like, I don't know yes. if they do that on land per se, like the sewing through the nose. I think that right. is something that's reserved for if someone dies at sea. Yeah, I think it is. I do think there is some truth to if they are if they are dying at sea. One, sewing through the nose ensures, okay, they are properly dead. But two, let's say that still didn't wake them up. At least when they're thrown to the ocean, they're not like... Yeah. inhaling tons of water if they're that's still true. alive that's true they're just gonna suffocate yeah dude megan as you were saying that i just thought of something another origin okay. story phrase i have no idea <laughs> if this is where this the phrase came from but okay. put a pin in it Ooh, could that be let me nose? look it up i highly doubt it but that would be i mean we're we can just make it up <laughs> we'll look it up some out. other time yeah we'll look it up but yeah. that is my episode, Halloween spooky dooky season of October on the pod. <laughs> and Love we can it. head on into our anecdotes. No, antidotes. Sweet. My God. <laughs> antidotes. Antidotes. My antidote is that last night I was lying in bed and I did something that I should do more often, which is I internally made an intention to oh. be like tomorrow morning. Mm hmm. No matter how miserable you might be, get up and go for a morning walk. Yes. We're going to start building good habits again. Yes. Because I was on a track of ma- having really good habits and then it <laughs> it just fell off. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. happens to me all the time. Yeah. I, so anyway, so 6 a.m. rolled around this morning and I was like, oh, man, the temptation to just not do anything. 6 a.m. Mm-hmm, and okay. stay in bed. I was so high, but then I was like, no, get up, get up, Bambi, <laughs> get up, <laughs> put a pin in so it. So I did. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my, my antidote was that I followed through with something yes. and I took a nice 15 minute morning walk Love it. down the street to the first okay. intersection, <laughs> looped right back up. <laughs> and you know what? I felt good. It felt good. Was yeah. it, was it I like don't, a nice walk? Was it was the sun starting to peep out or anything like that? The, the sun was out, but it was cold. Like, it, okay, you know, yeah. misty morning next to the beach. It was a little bit, yeah, it was a little cold. Part of me thinks, like, maybe the blood flow, yes, uh, physio- physiologically made me feel good. But I truly think it was, like, the satisfaction of knowing, like, hey, I committed to it. this. Absolutely. And I did it. And I had a good rest of my day. So... Megan, that's my antidote. Good for you. You know what? It may not sound like a big thing, but that's a huge thing to me because being able to follow through on your word when you say like I'm going to do something and then you do it because guess mm-hmm. what? It is the hardest thing in the world to do something when no one else is holding you accountable except for yourself. Mhm. And if totally. you can do that and if you can follow through on your own word when no one is watching, that is true discipline and that is that yeah. is these are words to live by that i personally live by true freedom is not doing what you want to do yeah you yeah. know like be having the discipline like i know i want to do something else but i have to do this first and i'm yeah. gonna do it that's true freedom because you're you're yeah. choosing your own path i entirely agree and like i hate to say it but what led me to making that intention at night and forcing myself to get up was like to be honest i was reaching a place energy wise Mm -hmm. since i started my new job Mm -hmm. that i was really unhappy with like always coming home from work and having to nap my energy was poop right right. and i honestly the the, truly the only reason i got up this morning is because i was tired of being disappointed in myself (laughs) with with my low energy no but that's and i was like change yeah change needed to happen so there you go Good for you, Megan. I'm proud of you. Like that's that's how Thanks. you you had a choice to either just continue on that path and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just gonna be this way, but you decided right. to do something different. And yep. you have inspired me because I have been hitting snooze on my goddamn alarm every morning. When I, <laughs> I have my alarm set for 7:30 a.m. every morning, and I yeah. never wake up at 7:30. Yeah, I always wake up five minutes before my meeting because I know mm-hmm. it's just work from home. I just have to get yep. my ass to my desk and. Yeah, that has made me quite lazy in the morning. Right. I will say this is not my antidote. I will say I have been if I'm not going to wake up, like physically get out of bed at 730 a.m., then mm-hmm. I need to put on like a meditation and just like have some quiet time. Yep. 
it's either yeah. that or the other so i have opted to do some meditations which is fine because it allows That's me great. to stay in bed but at least i'm like doing something <laughs> yeah. productive so absolutely this yeah. is your cue to put an intention down and follow through when no one's watching you dang straight you'll feel super liberated yeah. if you're feeling really down and you you do this for yourself i feel like that's like a huge boost like a huge mood booster so 100 yeah. percent agree mm-hmm. okay my antidote my antidote is very simple it is another tv show but there's more to it than that um <laughs> so i think it was last night that i started watching it i just was browsing randomly on amazon prime and i have all kinds of british subscriptions and whatnot mm-hmm. so there mm-hmm. was this one show i I wanted to watch something a little more lighthearted. so mm-hmm. there's a show called motherland which is all british women cast and it's just mm. about them being mothers and their struggles and it's just so hilarious like they have a mom club not everyone's part yeah. of the mom club because one's divorced and she's not allowed and it's just like ridiculous <laughs> oh you know God. that way <laughs> just like yeah. super petty mom stuff anyways so i was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna think this is funny but then i started watching it with my mom in the room and mm. my mom does this thing where she like will be like drawing or like knitting or doing something on her own after dinner mm-hmm. and she'll not be like watching but sometimes mm. i'll notice because she'll get really quiet and she's just like she's definitely zoned listening. In. yeah <laughs> she's, she's definitely, definitely listening yeah, yeah it got to the point where we just like watched like five episodes straight which i know sounds bad but we just got really into it it's fine <laughs> um and me and my mom were crying laughing crying like oh, that's we were, awesome it was to the point where you're laughing so hard that you cannot breathe and the tears <laughs> are just streaming because it's just so ridiculous what's going on and we were just laughing and i realized through all this whole anecdote i realized that i laugh the exact same way as my mom <laughs> like when we're laughing till our bellies hurt we laugh the yeah. exact same <laughs> that's like, so oh, great okay <laughs> oh my gosh i love that that's very sweet it was just like it's just nice to have some like oh because dave's not around right now he's he's gone on a work trip so it's just me and my mom so we've just been having some mom and daughter time yeah and actually today i cooked dinner for her so i'm gonna after this recording i'm gonna go join her and then we're gonna watch more of that show (laughs) yes laughing with a full belly full belly nice what could you what more could you ask for i know that's a very sweet antidote and also thanks for the show recommendation to be honest (laughs) i feel like my mom would love that show because absolutely I think she actually you and my mom have very similar tastes in tv you love your british anything (laughs) british dramas british comedy um she loves that so i'll have to recommend that plus she loves using my amazon prime so it's there for her so she should definitely watch it then yeah okay cool oh all right so harini take it away (laughs) i've always never prepared i'm like caught off guard we do this every single episode and i act like this is the first time i'm hearing of this (laughs) okay until next time don't risk it for that taphophobic biscuit Ring the bells, ring the alarms, because we are alive. Ring, (laughs) ring my bell. (laughs) Okay. All right, Poison Pals. Good night. Peace. Good night. Bye.